Are you in search of a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and a better understanding of the basic truths of Christian faith? If so, please join us for Simple Secrets of the Kingdom, a series of Bible studies developed by Reverend James Otterness and taught by Skip Hedgepeth, board member of Good News Ministries and Bible teacher at Christ Church in Midland, Texas. Hi, I'm Skip Hedgepeth and welcome again to Simple Secrets of the Kingdom. Last week, we talked about the beginning part of our faith, uh, our baptism and how out of the water of baptism, we get new life in Christ. So that's our birth. But, you know, we don't just stop at our birth as, as Christians. We need to mature just like we do in our normal life. We need to grow and keep maturing in our, in our lives. And in, it's no different in our Christian lives. Uh, God calls us into growth. And so this study is about keeping on, keeping on being a Christian after you come to faith in Jesus. You know, wouldn't it be great, though, if, if after we come into a saving relationship with Jesus, that all of our old behavior just would clean up and go away immediately so that we didn't have to struggle anymore with sin and with sinful thoughts and lust and our sinful actions and the things that we do? Uh, it would be nice, but that's not reality because even though we get a new nature in Christ uh, at the moment of faith and or at our baptism, uh, there's still an old nature that's alive in us and, uh, and that's at war with our new nature in Christ. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that battle uh, that goes on inside of people, uh, the people of God in their day-to-day -day walk in Christ. And today, we're going to get the first part of this. We're going to talk about Romans chapter 6 today and, uh, and get sort of like the beginning part of the journey about how to keep on being a Christian. And so, uh, as always, before we get into the Word, let's go to the Lord and ask for His blessing over this study of His Word today. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, You are so awesome and wonderful to us. Not only do you save us, but then you guide us and give us strength for our daily journey in you. Lord, thank you so much for the way that you love us and care for us. And so today, I pray that through your word, that you would uh, fill up our hearts and our minds uh, and give us your power, Lord, to live day to day with all of our struggles and with all of the temptations of this world. Uh, Lord, give us power over those as we study and uh, lead us into that new life with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, as we study about keeping on, keeping on being a Christian, we're going to begin the study and look at Romans chapter 6. And uh, I'll read and then we'll talk and look at an outline and I'll start at uh, Romans 6 uh, verse 1. And I'll read through verse 5. The Apostle Paul says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him 
in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so let's look at this and, uh, and talk about what the Apostle Paul is telling us here. And so he starts out saying, uh, the premise in this is that uh, you've been saved by the grace of God. You've been saved uh, not by your own work, not by obedience to the law, but you've been saved through what Jesus did for you. And as a result, God accepts you just as you are, uh, like the song says, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And so uh, if you are a child of God, then you have the love of God today in you. Uh, and God loves you today with all of his love for you. And he doesn't hold back from us when we become his children. As we talked about last week, we become full heirs, uh, not partial heirs of his kingdom and of his love, but full heirs. So if you're a child of God today through faith in Jesus, you are a full heir of God, full heir of all his benefits, and he loves you fully. And so Paul asked the question then, uh, are, we to, are we to keep sinning then? so that grace may abound. In other words, if God is giving you all of his love and, and, and he's, his love, which is his grace, and his love is coming to you in its abundance, then Paul is saying, well, so then we might as well just keep sinning. God's going to give us all his love anyway. So why don't we just keep on sinning like we did before we knew Jesus? Because God's going to love us. Paul says, by no means. Uh, he says, by no means should we keep sinning so that grace should abound. And what he means by this is, is, he goes on to say, how can we who died to sin go back into it and still live in it? It's like uh, if you have in your life uh, been in the ditch and in the mud in some way in your life, and then somehow miraculously you've been rescued out of that, why then, having been rescued from the ditch, would you want to turn right back around and go back into the very thing that was holding you captive? By no means, Paul says, do, should we keep on sinning so that grace should abound. He says, you've been baptized into Christ Jesus and into his death. And so this is an amazing thing that happens to the people of God as a result of their baptism. We are baptized into the death of Jesus. We become participants with him in what happened with him on the cross that day outside of Jerusalem. As he uh, stretched out his arms on the cross and poured out his blood for the sin of the world, when you, through faith and through your baptism, receive and believe in him, then you become a participant with him as to what happened that day in Jerusalem so that his blood is not only shed on the cross, but his blood on the cross is shed for you. You're baptized into Jesus's death and you become buried with him in baptism. And that means that that old sinful self of yours is is, uh, and its control over you and your life in a day-to-day -day way has been put to death. And you receive new life and new power to overcome sin. And he says, so that if Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. So 
we too are resurrected through faith in Jesus. We're given a new life. And so we're called to walk in that newness of life. Not just go back and walk in the old life. Uh, that wouldn't make any sense at all. You see, too many times people believe that or they'll use grace, the grace of God and the love of God as a license just to live like the devil. And they'll say, you know, I believe in God. God loves me. Therefore, I'm going to go out and uh, eat, drink, and be merry and live however I want to because God's going to love me anyway. The Apostle Paul says, by no means. If you have been lifted out of a sinful death and given new life in Christ, uh, why would you ever want to go back to the very thing that you had become a slave to? Um, he unites us in his resurrection, in that new life. As a, through faith in him, not only are we united in what happened on the cross that day, we're united with him in the empty tomb. So that as he was raised from the dead, you too are raised from the dead and united with him. You're given a new hope and a new future through faith in Jesus Christ. A hope that this life is not all there is. What God has waiting in store for the people who know him through faith is far, far, far greater than anything you could ever hope or imagine in this life. Far greater than any temptation of sin that might, you might be struggling with today. Through faith in Jesus, what he has waiting for you is far greater than any of that. So set your eyes on those things. Set your eyes on him and your hope in him. And then you'll get freedom from the sin that snares you and entangles you in this life. Um, one of the things that a good friend of mine says about this whole concept of why, uh, why you shouldn't keep on sinning uh, after you have been saved by the love of God is that uh, if you've had a saving experience with Jesus through faith, my friend says, your wanter begins to change. And what he means by that is simply that the things that you wanted to do before you knew Jesus, the things that you wanted to do because you thought that they were good for you and bought you pleasure, uh, are now different. Your wanter changes. You don't want the same things that you wanted before. Because you find out that the things that you had your heart and your mind and your eyes set on before only lead to some kind of pain and destruction in your life. And the things of Christ lead to freedom and hope and joy. And so cling to the grace of God. Ask Him for His power in your life daily so that you won't go back and be stuck in those old ways and you can truly experience the freedom of Christ in your daily walk with Him. And so let's go to the next section. And, um, and we'll talk about it some more. And we're going to start here in Romans chapter 6. And we're going to read down to Romans uh, uh, from verse 6 to verse 11. 
We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. But if we had died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so here he says, we know that our old self was crucified with him. We've talked about that. Uh, we participated in his, in his death on the cross so that our old self and its power over us was put to death. And, that, and he says, so that our sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. And so before you knew Jesus, uh, before you asked him into your heart through faith, uh, you were a slave to sin. And really all that that means is that sin had control over you so that uh, your choices were motivated by sin. They're motivated by self-serving, self-satisfaction. And, uh, and, and so before you knew Jesus, those were the choices that you make because you're a sinner. And a sinner can only sin. That's what sinners do. And that's what they do best is sin. That's your only nature that you have. But through faith in Jesus, you get a new nature so that you have new choices as a result of faith in Jesus and new power to not only do the things that you did when you were only living in your own nature. He says, for he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death has no dominion over him. And so death and the power of sin no longer have dominion over you. And dominion just means power and authority. Will you still sin once you become a child of God? Yes. But through faith in Jesus, you have the power to do something other than just sin. You have the power to not always go with your first thoughts about an action, but you have power to go with your second thoughts, your, your uh, Christ-focused thoughts, so that you can do something other than just uh, yield to the power of sin in your life. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves, he says. This is the therefore. So since this is true for Jesus, it's also true for you. You must consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, out here in, uh, in my front yard of my house, I have a yard that's, uh, that's mostly covered with Bermuda grass. But it's still got some nut grass in it that we struggle with. But the point here is that uh, the nut grass is, is, is there, but it's not taking over the yard because it's the, it's the Bermuda grass that gets nurtured and, and fertilized and cultivated to grow. And as, as the focus of the yard care gets put onto the Bermuda grass, it grows and it flourishes. You know, this is true for you. You still have sin in your life, but Christ is so much greater 
than the power of sin in your life. Uh, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, uh, the Lord says. And so as you turn your eyes to Jesus, and as Jesus then comes into you and gives you power every day, he'll give you power over that sin. Now, you'll still have a struggle with it, just like I do with the nutgrass in my yard. But as you... As Jesus nurtures your new nature in Christ, as you turn to him in prayer and in Bible study and in fellowship, you will more and more, your new nature will take control over the desires of that old nature uh, that lives in you. And, uh, And sin will no longer have a control over your life. So let's go to the next section. And here we're going to look at At chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but yield yourself to God as men who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. And so Paul, again, he sets up the contrast. The old life which he calls the life under the law, and the new life in Christ, which he calls the life under grace. He says, you are no longer under the law, you are under grace. And again, as I just said, when you were under the law, sin dominated you. And you had no choice in your life to do something other than sin, to live a godly life. Because you cannot live a godly life apart from the power of Christ. And so you need power to overcome the sin in your life. And that power comes through faith in Jesus. And as a result of it, sin no longer has dominion over you. And you now have a choice. And before, you had no power over sin. But now, you do have a power. And he says, do not let sin rule, but yield yourself to God. And this word yield is a key word in Romans chapter 6. Yield. And when I think about yield, I think about a yield sign. On, on, uh, on out here on the loop in our hometown. And when you exit off the loop, you have to yield. And, uh, and, and when you're on the frontage road, you have to yield to people coming off the loop. And if you don't, you're going to get run over. And unfortunately, that seems to happen out here a lot because people don't obey the yield sign. And a yield sign simply says, you need to, to put aside your right to drive down this road so that you can let somebody else exercise their right first. Let somebody else have dominion over this area of the road as opposed to you taking your own rights over the road at this point. And when you do, you avoid an accident and uh, and everybody uh, uh, gets to drive safely and freely. And here, the Apostle Paul is saying, yield yourself to God. In other words, Get out of the way with your own sinful desires and and wants and allow Jesus to take over the throne of your life at at that moment. In other words, there's a throne, uh, uh, there's like a throne room in your heart. And whoever is on the throne of your heart at any one one particular moment uh, is the one who will drive your actions and drive your decisions in that day. And if you are on the throne room in your heart, if you're on the throne, then 
what's going to happen then is that your decisions are going to be driven by the need to satisfy the desires of your sinful nature. That's just the way that it works. But if you will yield the throne and ask Jesus into your heart on a daily basis, I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about for the power to live your life daily. Lord Jesus, come in and give me power today to live my life for you. You yield the throne to him. Then you don't let your, your, your body, your members, he says, be controlled by sin anymore because you've yielded your life to him. And when you do this, sin will have no power over you. This is in the beginning part of your life with him. And, uh, and the one that's on the throne in your life, the one whom, uh, who has taken power over the throne, is the one that will control and dominate your actions. Uh, and I see this in my own life at times. You know, I can tell who's on the throne in my heart at any given minute when I'm at home watching TV. And when Jesus is on the throne uh, of my life, there are certain things that I absolutely will not lay my eyes on on TV. But if I have not yielded my throne of my heart to Jesus, then I can get off the track very easily. And, uh, and my sinful nature will spring up and its desires want to be filled. It's a hungry beast, uh, my sinful nature. And it wants to be satisfied. And only Jesus can give me power over it and keep my thought life and my actions uh, going in a direction that's pleasing to him. Let's get the next part about continuing in our life with him in Romans 6 and verses 15 through 19. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you yield yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teachings to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin and become slaves of righteousness, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations." For just as you once yielded your members to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now yield your members to righteousness for sanctification. And here again, the Apostle Paul is uh, set up the contrast here between your old nature, which he calls under the law, and your new nature, which is under grace. And he says, are we to sin then because we are under the law but under grace? Or not under the law but under grace? By no means. He goes on to say, you're slaves of who you obey. Uh, and if you're obeying your sinful nature, then you're going to be a slave to your sinful nature. And if you yield uh, as a, uh, uh, as a, to your throne, the throne of your heart to God, then you're going to be a servant to God as opposed to a servant to your own nature. And, uh, and you see this a lot of times in the lives of someone who's addicted to uh, to a drug. I saw this uh, uh, just recently in a person who had an addiction to pornography. And this person was married. They knew that pornography was, was harmful to them. They, he lived with shame and guilt, and it was wrecking his marriage. But he, for, because he had no power over it, he kept going and going and going back to it 
uh, almost daily. Uh, spent money in his savings account that the family was going to use uh, for other things. And, um, and his life then became an ever-increasing downward spiral. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 6. Once you yield to your sinful nature, you're going to yield yourself to greater, more and more impurity. It's a progressive decline, almost like a disease in its nature, in the sense that it's, a disease is progressive and it's terminal. And sin is this way. As you yield yourself to, to your sinful nature, uh, uh, you'll be in that progressive decline and it will increasingly wreck your life. But if you yield yourself to the Lord Jesus, you yield yourself to ever-growing righteousness, the Apostle Paul says, and righteousness which leads to growth as a Christian. Uh, and the more you grow in your faith as a child of God, the more joy and the more freedom that you'll have. And so let's get this last part uh, about, uh, about growing day to day as a child of God through faith in Jesus. And we're going to read from verse 20 through verse 23. When you were slaves of sin, Paul says, you were free in regard to righteousness. But then what return did you get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the return you get is sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's look at this and look at our outline. He says, when you were a slave of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. And what that meant is that when you were, a, uh, when before you had your new nature in Christ, all you had was your old sinful nature. And as a result of that, uh, your, your focus and your, uh, your yielding uh, didn't produce any kind of conflict within you. You were free in regards to the things of God. Uh, in your mind, you were anyway. Uh, if you're not a believer in God, then you say none of that stuff applies to me and I'm free from it. But what happens is that uh, what you think is bringing you good is only bringing you harm. And when you look back on it now, the, uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, what return did you get for that when you were living that way? Now, as a child of God, when you look back on the things that you used to think brought you pleasure, uh, what return did it really give you? Uh, he said, the end of this is, is death. The wages of sin is death. He says, that's the ultimate payoff when you live your life only focused on satisfying the desires of your sinful nature. But on the other hand, the gift of God is eternal life. And so uh, the free gift of God, if you want to truly experience the freedom of God, then yield yourself daily to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through his yielding that you will get power over your sinful nature. You know, I want to ask you today, what are the things that you struggle with in your life? Is there a particular sin in your life that is causing you guilt and shame? Something that you would love to be freed from, but... Uh, but you've tried and you've tried different things and it keeps on having control over your life even though you would like to change it. You know, if that's something that's happening for you today, I've got good news for you. 
The way to overcome that daily battle is not through uh, making up your mind or pulling your willpower together uh, because that hasn't worked for you so far and it's probably not going to work in the future. The way to overcome the power of sin in your life on a daily basis as you walk with Jesus is through yielding yourself to Him. Say this, go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I'm powerless over this sin that's holding me down and wrecking my life. And come into me and give me power. I yield the throne of my heart to you. I yield this sin that is controlling me. And Lord, I yield to you. Only you can overcome sin and the power of it in my life, Lord Jesus. And so pray that prayer and watch and see what the Lord, your God, will do in your life. And take it one day at a time. Don't just look for the big one-time overcoming of sin. Take it one day at a time and say, Lord, help me today. Give me power today and see what he does. The Lord is faithful to his promises. And if you will yield the throne of your life to him today, he will come into you and truly set you free as you've never been free before. This is my prayer for you today, that this will happen. And I pray that you will pray it for yourself and come into the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you and goodbye. If you have a prayer request or questions about any of the material covered in today's lesson or would like to support the program with a contribution, contact us by email at simplesecrets at goodnewsministries.org or by mail at P.O. Box 3315, Midland, Texas 79702. Until next time, thank you for sharing the simple secrets of the kingdom.